You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to the ProServe Podcast, a podcast for leaders of thriving boutique professional services firms. For those that are not familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community focused entirely on the unique needs of boutique ProServe firms. My name is Greg Alexander. I'm the founder and I'll be your host. And on this episode, we're going to talk about changing your ideal client profile. Why to do it, when to do it, what the risks are, what might happen, the benefits, etc. And we've got a great role model with us today. It's a long-standing Collective 54 member, well-respected, well-liked member. His name is Ken Yeager. Ken, it's good to see you again. Thanks for being here. And uh, for those that don't know you, which is in the minority these days, explain, I should say, introduce yourself to the audience. All right. Well, thank you, Greg. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I am the founder of New Point Advisors Corporation. We are a turnaround management firm that exclusively focuses on uh, small companies. And that'll be a part of our conversation today. But we try to help companies kind of in that 5 to $50 million range who otherwise couldn't afford the services that are typically rendered in our industry, which tend to be a little more expensive. Um, and therefore, that's our mission. Right. So when we spoke several months back, you were experiencing fee pressure, as many of our members were, as things changed in the economy a bit. <clears throat> and your approach to that was to change your ideal client profile. So I don't want to steal too much of the thunder of the story. So tell us, Tell us what happened and what you did. Yes. All right. So 10 years, almost 10 years into our journey uh, and feeling like we weren't growing the way we should and certainly weren't being profitable the way we should. And if I will, um, I blame part of that on you because I came to Collective <laughs> 54 with an idea about what profitability meant. And then in, the, in my readings and in our um, meetings, you clearly pointed out that there was a much higher bar that one needed to be focused on. Well, I got a taste for that, wanted to go for that, and was finding myself not being able to move away from or getting stuck with the mission and the design focus of the clients and how that was intersecting with that, um, if you say profitability or that profile of financial um, success. And so we needed to make a change. And that change, um, the focus of the clients, I'll start there and then we can you can lead me through the rest okay. of this. But the we we were we started the mission focusing on just the smallest of small kind of you know really we would even take companies less than a million dollars in revenue but we would state clearly on our website and on our emails one to fifty million in revenue average client was eight million in revenue um, median client was four million in revenue and we were very proud of that that you know that we were getting to those smaller companies but they were too small and even with our fee structure what we found and that's the one before we make the modifications we were even a little too expensive for some of the ones at the smaller end of that. And so we were sort of friction on friction, um, trying to make something work that wasn't working, um, but sticking our heads in the in the um, lion's teeth every day, trying to make figure it out, but it wasn't. Yeah. So then you made a switch to what? So then the most subtle of switches, uh, but definitely with intention, um, instead of one to 50 million in revenue, and we had a hard cap on that 50 million top, we said, we're going to start at $5 million in revenue, but we're going to let the cap come off the 50. We might advertise for 50, but if you come to us with a 60 or $70 million company, we're going to say, yes, we can help you. 
And what that what that does is, as we looked at the notes or the kind of the information in our business, our average client was going to start shifting from that $8 million range to about a $15 million range overnight. And that's pretty much what started to happen. And a $15 million revenue client is a better client for you than the previous $8 million client. Why? Well, it, there, there are layers in that the... Um, let's say in the entrepreneurial journey, and I think some of the people in Collective 54 recognize this, what you feel like as a business when you are at 1 million revenue, 5 million, 10 million, and then above, and then we'll go into the $20 million range, all change. And they all deal with those things that you're talking about, which is that, you know, the scale with the scaling group, how to get there and how to get through those, uh, those elements. It's when you're not talking to a $4 million company that's trying to figure out how to put an org chart together Versus trying to put talk to a um, a fifteen million dollar company that has actually got one but isn't getting it right, the, the the issues at hand, the resources at hand, and their ability to pay to have someone help them, and their willingness to pay someone to help them, it changes dramatically. Mm. That's what we found. Yeah, and and let's pick on that a little bit. the The affordability factor, so they can pay you, versus the willingness factor, they will pay you. I think that's often overlooked and it's so important because although not always the case, more often than not, smaller revenue firms, although they may be willing, I'm sorry, they may be able to pay you, they can afford your services, they're not willing to because whatever you may charge them is a bigger percentage of the available profit pool. I mean, let's say a $5 million company with 20% margin has got a million bucks of discretionary income. You know, if you hit them with a $100,000 gig, it's 10% of total profitability. Yes, they can swing it, but do they want to do it or not? Whereas if you're at a $15 million company, 20% is $3 million. You hit them with a $100,000 gig and, you know, hundred grand versus $3 million, maybe they're willing to pay for it at that point in time. That's the general idea. Now, <clears throat> Ken, you had courage to do this because I'm often advising members in office hours to change their ideal client profile, and that usually means sell to bigger clients, but they don't have the guts to walk away from those small guys, you know, right. especially when business is tight. You know, the old phrase, bad breath is better than no breath. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you have the courage to walk away from yesterday's business? Uh, it, you know, it, it, one of the most important things I think for someone is to, is to have a, a North Star, if you will. Where am I headed? Because it does feel like, like you say, to walk away. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Um, but when you're walking towards something, I think it helps a lot. And for us, with the conversation we had with you, was a, it was about looking at that financial re result of for our result from doing the the same hour of work, or if you will, the same delivering the same product um, at the end of the day. And that became a that became a big and just the drumbeat got louder and louder about what are we doing here? We're grinding ourselves to death trying to work with these small companies, and you just can't make the fees work. And we'd have these conversations internally where we would look at the cost of doing something. And I have, you know, my, my number two on my team, um, Tim Stone, he and I would go at it and he's like, the cost have got to go up. We've got to raise the prices. The, you know, this is not delivering correctly. And so here we are recognizing that we are not being able to work with small companies and yet keep going back every day to do it. You know, it's, it's, it, it's the definition of insanity. Yeah. Now, sometimes um, boutique founders are afraid to go up market because they don't think they can attract bigger companies. 
So you took the cap off the lid. You know, you removed the $50 million number and you said, hey, if someone calls us at $70 million, we'll serve them. Were you able to get larger companies to pay attention to you? Yes, um, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've, um, I, I'll put it to you this way, because I was thinking about, I'll do it this way. I was, uh, we immediately changed. We, we really, the pivot was rather quickly. We, we kind of had a sense for where the model was going. And so we made those changes rather quickly and started bidding on new projects we are um, many, many months through that process. We have lost one client to pricing, hmm. and we're pretty sure that we did it because it was a sloppy estimate on the price, and that has nothing nothing reflective of our model. Hmm. So within our constraints of what we said we should be pricing it, we were we had no issue getting people to take the price, hmm. um, and also and, and which also and to your more to your point, nor were our credentials um, questioned. Um, if, if anything, you know, we had, a, you know, we were able to show that, look, we've been here for a minute. We know what we're talking about and this will work for you. Mm. And, and that has been accepted universally. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, it's just, that's inspiring because some of our members don't believe they're worthy of larger yeah. clients and they are, I mean, those larger clients sometimes don't necessarily think about your business the way you do. They might not make distinctions the way that you would. And yes, your expertise is your expertise and it applies the same for a larger client or a different ideal client profile than it does the smaller ones. Um, internally, sometimes it can be a struggle. Um, yeah. Well, let me say this. I, I, I've met Collective 50 more members now. You know, I've, I've, yep. I've been at this for a minute uh, and they do have the uh, capabilities. They yep. do have the, what I, I, I suffer from the same thing. I'm like, I don't know if our thing's really good, all that great. And then I talk to other people who've seen what we do and they go, no, this is, this is the thing. And I, I think all the collective 54 members have that where they've spent a minute trying to make something out of their, what they're doing. They have the power, more, more pricing power in the market than they give themselves credit for. Yeah. Well, it's great to hear you say that. Cause I agree, but you know, sometimes people get tired of listening to me. <laughs> so hearing, <laughs> hearing that reinforced from others is, is a wonderful thing. So my next question would be how big is too big? So where are you going to take this? At this moment in time, um, we would hit the goals that we need, that, that financial North Star that we were talking about, just staying in, we'll call it the five to $50 million range, five to $100 million range could be, you know, that if a company came to me and we're 150 million, we'd say, look, there are a whole bunch of people out there who can do really good work for you and you can afford it. Um, we're designed a certain way. So this rate revenue thing, you've got to be, there's going to be careful about. I don't want to go up market. I don't have to chase Fortune 500 companies to go after that. I know that was a part of our conversation with you, yeah. um, but we can be in, in very lucrative, very warm waters financially without having to go much higher. The trouble was with where we were sticking ourselves at the bottom of that of that curve. Yeah. It's bad news. So average client could get up to $25 million and we would be, we'll, we'll make it, we'll, we'll make our numbers. Um, and for us, that means something along the lines of hopefully a $50 million, 50% EBITDA. Yep. You know, strong where, where we were, we were struggling to see a, a 10, a 10% EBITDA. I mean, yeah. that was like a way up there. Wow. Look at that. We're going to get there one day yep. story. That's, yeah. that's done now. We're already, we're already running in the direction of that 50. So feels good. Doesn't it? It feels so much better. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. And for such a small move, 
It, it is not a monster. And I tell you, the people who, you know, who are, you know, they're working after two small companies, fine, don't hook a big fish, but stop chasing the little fish. Yeah. Find something in the middle, work your way up, work your confidence up, I suppose. Yeah. Is it the same exact service or did you have to tweak it as you went up market? Not a single cell had to change wow. in our DNA to hit this. Um, and what I would say is, again, you know, m- mindset that we needed to grind away at those smaller companies. We turned around the bigger companies were there. Now, we'd had a companies like 40 and $50 million who would drift into our universe. And we said we would service them, but just not as many as we are, are chasing today. And then in, in a lot of it comes down to the price point. We were giving it away to those larger companies in that set. And we raised our prices significantly, but not in a, not like 2X. Yep. We didn't have to do that. But it, it's now where these projects have a super high contribution margin. Yep. And as you've gone up market, are you running into different types of competitors or is it the same competitive landscape? Same people. Yeah. Um, there could be a couple that drift down, but I really wouldn't expect it. So for our market, it's really the same folks that we were, you know, giving it away in front of. Now we're pricing right in front of them. Yep. And still would. Yep. Okay, so let's summarize this. I mean, listeners, you know, we often talk about the ideal client profile and sometimes people say, hey, I get it. You know, I've got my ideal client profile nailed. And and if that is true, congratulations, but you're in the minority. And the point I'm making here is it changes. The ideal client profile or profiles is not static. It's dynamic. And sometimes it changes because the market forces it to change. So, for example, in Ken's case, you know, he had some fee pressure. He had a low margin business. He wasn't happy with that. So he changed the ideal client profile because his North Star changed. So... Dust off that ideal client profile and make sure that you say, these are my goals as an entrepreneur. This is what I hope to accomplish. You know, what type of client do I need to target and serve in order to reach those goals? If that's off, if those two things are not in alignment, meaning what you want to do and the type of client that's required to execute against that, if that's off, it's, it's just too hard. So constantly be refreshing that ideal client profile, constantly be linking it back to your North Star, to use Ken's words, you know, and, and look to examples like Ken that it's not a theory, it's real. I mean, we, we see this time and time again. It's so important to know who that ideal client is because if that's not done correctly, everything else that comes after that, you could have the greatest service in the world, a fantastic marketing approach, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Because you just you you can't make the money that you want. I mean, Ken's on his way from going from ten percent margin to fifty percent margin. Just think about that, five x if he gets there, five x margin improvement. Even if he falls short a little bit, gets to thirty or forty percent, three to four times improvement in margin, and then Ken owns his firm, so that goes in his pocket just by changing the ICP. I mean, if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what does. So, Ken. Uh, we're out of our time here, but I really wanted to thank you for coming back on the show. You, Ken is a wonderful contributor, and it's so great to hear you doing these things, and I'm so glad it's working out for you, and I wish you much continued success. Thank you so much. I'm glad I could help you spread the word. Okay, great. Okay, so uh, a few calls to action. So uh, first, if you're a member, be sure to attend the private Q&A session you'll get with Ken and dive into the details on how to do this. If you're not a member, you should consider joining. Go to collective54.com and fill out a contact us form, us form, and a rep will get in contact with you. 
And if you want to subscribe to our content, the podcast, the video, the blog, the charts, etc., consider subscribing to Collective 54 Insights. You'll, it's a weekly newsletter. You get those four things, and you can find that at the website. And then lastly, if you want to really dive into this material, check out our book, The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a ProServe Firm. Thanks for listening today, and until next time, I wish you great success as you try to grow, scale, and exit your boutique pro-serve firm. <laughs>